We're supposed to talk now. Uh, I <laughs> was kind of like waiting for you and you were waiting for me. Hi, welcome to Couples Skate. Welcome to Couples Skate. Um, I didn't really uh, advertise this one a whole lot because it felt like there's a lot happening in the social media sphere today. And I just kind of thought... Whoever, whoever this pops up for, they get it. So I didn't throw it up on Twitter or anything because uh, it's been a long morning. Yes. Day. And uh, and I told you I was either going to uh, uncontrollably cry or um, what else did vomit. I? Vomit. Vomit. You said vomit. I yeah. felt like I was going to vomit all yeah. morning. And... Um, I still feel like my stomach is really upset, which is weird. I'm surprised at the response that I'm having to this news because it's been coming. We knew it was coming and we've been dreading it, but I am surprised at how the reality of it feels so gutting. Like I thought I was kind of prepared. You know, it's like when you know somebody's gonna die and so you're kind of pre-mourning but you can't really pre-mourn something, it turns out. Like, it has to happen. Yeah. Before, because I had the same thing, like, we knew for a month, a couple, like, a two months now, it's been happening. Like, it's okay. It's going to happen. But also, They're we've even re- known before then. Yeah. It was like, years. we knew during the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah. We knew that during Amy Cone- Coney Barrett's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been inevitable. And yet, even last night, I was like, okay, tomorrow this is going to happen. And... Even still, when it did happen, I was like, wow, that, uh, that makes me feel awful. And if you're completely out of the loop, Roe v. Wade was repealed today by the Supreme Court. And a lot of people are uh, mourning and very upset. And, uh, and fucking pissed. And pissed, yeah. That is, I'm like, I've been vacillating between just total fucking rage and having to cry yeah and like just on the verge of i feel like it's kind of that feeling like when i was at camp when i was a kid like i can't get out of here i hate it so much and i'm so mad at my parents for sending me here also i just want to cry the whole time also i have to keep up appearances also i have to do the activities (laughs) (laughs) well i guess i'll go weave a basket Yeah, you know, it's just like the multitudes of yeah. of waves of feelings is. Um, I feel kind of numb. I feel I don't like, feel numb. I feel like I was already leading up to today so tired, and then when it happened, I felt. Uh, we were just about to go on a hike with the dogs, and I like opened Twitter, and I was like, "Yep." And then we went for a hike, and the whole time I was hiking, I just kind of felt like, I don't know, not. Maybe not numb. I just maybe because we've known it. Like I'm, I'm just so. I'm not mad yet. I guess I'm not numb. I just like don't have the energy right this second to be mad. I'm just really sad and really worried. I think that's why I feel physically ill because yeah. like I can't not feel these feelings, but I am so you know, empty from the last few years that I'm just like, oh my god, I can't, I can't. You know, it's just like making me sick. Yeah. <clears throat> and um 
yeah, I thought I had to pick up Dave. He went to work and then I had to pick him up and drop him somewhere. And um, he kind of made a little bit of joke. And I was just like, I can't, I can't even have a oh, minute yeah. together where we're like kind of laughing. I was just like, not, I'm sorry, but I can't, I can't muster yeah. it. <laughs> That's, I, I, when I got on Twitter uh, after I, our hike, I was like, whoo, if you make a joke right now, it better be the best fucking joke I've ever read. Yeah, I, I like, saw I'm it come there. down and I closed my yeah Twitter. I closed my Instagram. I was like, nope, cannot do it. Cannot see one more thing. That's the thing that I'm going to have to process from here till eternity so and it's also it's also um wow great job alex great producing such good stuff wow on this the day of the roe v wait you're just over there on tiktok wow wow well i guess this is the day you can really tell who's an ally and who isn't and but that and then it's everything everybody's saying too i felt like i was on twitter and i was like we've all been saying this now yeah everything everything Everybody's saying, I'm like, I've read all this before. And it's the same, you know. Yeah, there's no People new are takes. sharing their abortion stories and begging for an ounce of humanity. And it's like, we did all this. We've done all this. The only thing I have really appreciated uh, is the sharing of resources, which I'm wearing my Northwest Abortion Access Fund shirt. And if a lot of people have been like, where, you know, where do I send money? What do I do? And it's like, the, uh, I think a good thing to remember is um, this people have known this was coming for a long time. There are already institutions uh, in place to help people get abortions in states like where we live in Idaho, where it is um, going to be a felony and be very illegal. Um, There are already things in place to help people get the care they need. And Northwest Abortion Access Fund, um, I've done multiple things with them. They're wonderful. They help tons of people. They help people even before Roe v. v. Wade was repealed. So they're a great place to send your money. And they're on Twitter uh, at NWAAF. And they're also on Instagram. And you can also find them on their website. So great place to send your money. And so I think that was something on Twitter today I appreciated is people being like, hey, I know like it's it's easy to fall into doom and gloom, but it's important to remember that like a lot of people have already been preparing for this day and putting a lot of things in place to make sure that people could get the care they need out of state. Um but uh, yeah, but there's just, it's just awful. <laughs> it's just really, really the worst, so. Yeah. Yeah. It just made me kind of wish that I had an out like drugs. Yeah, I literally <laughs> I was, was like, like, maybe I was, you know, when can I start drinking? Because <laughs> I was like, what am I gonna stress eat right after this po- podcast? Ooh. I was like, we're definitely going somewhere and I'm gonna eat something. I'm gonna stress eat something delicious and then i'm probably gonna go home and smoke pot and paint some like really emotional pictures um either that or i'll probably actually what i'll probably do is i'll go home and dissociate on my phone (laughs) and play like a little dragon game or something incredibly inane because i just feel so overwhelmed so yeah 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 really really overwhelmed um and also, like you said, I feel like everything has been said. The takes have been had. We've given tons of money. We've given tons of support. And so the work continues. We but voted, you know. We've, yeah, we okay. voted, 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 voted. Yeah. And like, um, I know we have to keep doing those things, but it it feels harder and harder to feel any hope yeah. anymore. Yeah, I think that's fair that's legitimate like 
you got to keep, I guess, you know, I had a not, probably very white girl naive a hope that uh, like you do the work and things just keep improving. And yes, it's incremental. And yes, it's like small victories. And a lot of times it's like two steps forward, three back, you know, but like, I do think I for a long time was like, things will get better, things will improve. And even knowing that, you know, even knowing that Supreme Court was there, you still sort of thought like, but they still are going to like, you know, there, I don't know, there's still a foot on the brake is kind of what I was still thinking, like, even though, you know, Kavanaugh's on there and Thomas and and Alito and uh, Barrett, you're still like, yeah, but they're not just going to like throw all pre- like precedent to the wind. Like maybe Come they'll there. do some and you're like, oh, yeah, like, uh, you know, in Thomas's uh, brief, he was like, yeah, I also think we should go after birth control and same sex marriage and pri- right to privacy in the bedroom. And you're like, I mean, that's you can tell it's just like the first little like domino. Yeah, it's coming. You know? It's and, coming. And everybody's like, don't panic. Don't panic. Well, yeah. Didn't help yeah, to not yeah. panic. <laughs> It's, it makes me think of how during the Kavanaugh hearings, you know, a lot of the like there were male comedians tweeting jokes and making, you know, and a comedian who I up until that point had been friends with was like tweeting about volleyball butts. And when women were calling him out was like, fuck you, I can I can tweet about whatever I want. You know, I, it's fun and blah, blah, blah. I don't have to care about this. And then when people were like, hey, we're, we're watching like our rights are going to be eroded because of this. He was like, you guys are overreacting. You're overreacting. And like. We all knew we weren't over when Kavanaugh got onto the court. We knew we weren't like that is two that we know of known sexual predators on the Supreme Court, you know, like two known uh, sexual assaulters on the Supreme Court. And uh, and they just made these like huge sweeping decisions that like it's a weird thing because I feel like maybe the people who can't get pregnant uh and by that, I, I 100% men says cis men because trans women, um, I have known so many trans women who volunteer at Planned Parenthood or work there, like our escorts there. Like I feel like trans rights and abortion access are like, like super hand in hand and we should support each other all the time. But like, I feel like it must be so wild to just move throughout the world, like never having your humanity challenged, you know? Yeah, it's uh, complete lack of comprehension, lack of imagination, lack of, yeah, it's just, just not a concern for people. And and they don't even understand, they don't understand the nuances of it, how how it can affect people who are, um, it's not just the 16-year-old girl who gets knocked up by her loser boyfriend. It's, you know, women who are married, who have children, who um, have existing pre-existing conditions who have decided for whatever reason that it's not like a child is not going to work for them right now it's for so many different reasons and and also sex is sex is good sex is fine like there doesn't have to be a consequence for having sex like you know premaritally or whatever like this idea that you know for as long as this argument has been around, it's been like, just close your legs, just close your legs has been one of the big, and it's like, sex is not a big deal. It doesn't have to be this big fucking thing. You could just like have sex and and if you make a, a bad choice or if you actually have a condom break or something happens, uh, 
then you then you don't have to have a pregnancy as a punishment. Like a child, a pregnancy shouldn't be a punishment for ha- having enjoyed sex. Like the whole the whole argument is so fucked up. The entire like top to bottom and the people who are like it's a life. You know that's not true. You don't care about kids. Like COVID has shown the the entire, you know, pro-life movements ass entirely. Like we've seen everything from oh, the way school down. shootings school I mean, shootings. come on jesus christ yeah. yeah it's 19 kids died two fucking weeks ago and they and the supreme court yesterday made it so that new york can't ban any kind of like you know can't have a gun ban but but now they're like well hang on we're i mean we're actually really pretty we're pretty cool with states rights but it's just not when it comes to guns the whole thing is such a mess i don't know but i i'm so upset and so angry but i do have a special guest I want to bring on to the podcast right now. <laughs> and I feel like it's going to cheer me up and cheer everybody else up. Yeah. And I just want to warn everybody this is a temporary guest. This is yeah, not. That's the sound. A, a long term feature. Right. But do you want to tell who this is while I get them? Yes. So cheer everybody um, as many of you know, I uh, watch frequently all the pet adoption sites um, and I'm always looking for a new friend and a new member of the family. And we have a family friend who lost their Yorkie a few years ago and was devastated by it and hasn't gotten another dog. And so I have been keeping my eye out for another dog for them so that they can have a companion. And I saw this little girl on the shelter website last week and was like, oh my God, that is the dog. We have to get this dog for Tom. And uh, so I went and met her. He's he's out of town. He lives in kind of a rural town. So they don't he doesn't have like easy access to pets like I do. And so we've been working together to find him the perfect companion. And we had no idea how perfect she is she's the sweetest little thing and she when you got her they were like she's five pounds she's skin and bones she's starved half to death and she's a stray she's like the sweetest angel and i wish you weren't giving her to tom because i well i didn't expect i mean i knew i was gonna have her for maybe a week and now it's gonna be two weeks that i've had her and oh my god i just love her so freaking much if you're at home can you see look (laughs) i'm sorry if you're on the listening to the podcast she has a little mohawk. Look well, at she, this yeah, like top. she has hair on the top of her head that She's is so like it's like um it's like Muppet feathers on yeah. the top of her head, and we call her Wren because she's little brown and white, little tiny bird, and who knows what kind of a dog this is? Yeah, it's not any kind of a dog, but she has this crazy little stand-up hair that's in like white tufts all over her body. There's very little fur on her tail. Very little fur on her little rat tail. But she has so much personality. She's really smart and she's really cheerful, but she is the perfect lap dog. Yeah. Which I did not know I was in need of. Somebody who just was a little warm, sweet presence. I didn't either. I mean, Chip sits on my lap quite a bit, but he's like having a, a 50 pound bag of flour on you. Right. Even though he's not that big of a dog, but this little she's just like a little little bird she just sits here and you're right it's like weirdly comforting i hope people uh listening or watching to this can can just picture having a tiny little dog on your lap and you're like oh everything's a little bit better now (laughs) (laughs) she's very soft she's very quiet 
she's got a lot of spunk. She does love to go on a walk. Like I thought, like, how do you take a five pound dog on a walk? And oh, she sorry. just trips right along with the leash. Yeah. You know, you just have to barely nudge, you know, barely pull on the leash to change her direction. What did you call her? You said she has lots of scrap. No. Oh, we call her, um, she's got scrawn. Oh, yeah. She's got lots of scrawn. In she's our house, we're like the scrawny are some of our favorite yeah and she is so scrawny she's so skinny she's got little you know she's been eating a ton so she may have put on a little bit of weight she's maybe seven pounds now maybe i'm not ever i'm never like a oh i love tiny dogs person but she's so sweet and such an angel and i'm sad you're giving her to tom even though i'm sure tom will give her a lovely life and and he needs a companion but or do I? Yeah. Turns out, maybe Turns I need out a tiny little too. dog. Because we've been looking and we've gone to the shelter a number of times to try and find Circle Friend because he seems really lonely. And I wanted to get a dog that was really companionable with him. And so we've been looking for a dog that's more his size, kind of in the 30 pound range. And so far, he hasn't really liked anybody. Like they, they have a great system where they introduce the dogs to each other and you follow this whole kind of scenario. And the other dogs have been really overwhelming to him. And so we haven't really met anybody yet. And so I was like, well, we're going to get this dog for Tom and we're going to continue to look for Cirque. And then I was like, well, what about me, though? Yeah. No, <laughs> what about a friend for me? I think you should just get a little Yorkie and give it a haircut and just be like, here's your dog. There you go. And and then we keep this angel. Look, look, she's gonna take a little nap on my lap yeah well yeah, she, and she doesn't like paw at you or like try and get up in your face no, she doesn't try and mellow. lick you or sniff you weird or no she just has very nice Perfect. lap temperament which is um, hard to find i'm looking out the door and chip is looking in and he's giving me a look like what the fuck <laughs> who is that what is happening i'm sitting outside okay <laughs> Oh, cool. Okay, interesting. I sit outside and you hold a tinier dog in your lap. He's right. I feel like I should. I should. Well, and to be honest, she hasn't spent much time on this couch because we, when we got, this is our new couch and we were like, no dogs on the couch. <gasps> and um, Cirque knows the rule, but does not understand it and is heartbroken that yeah. he's not allowed to get up and sit with us. And so then I've been just like putting her on my lap. She's not on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, he just is, like, furious. Yeah. Oh, the rules don't apply to new dogs. No wonder he's mad. <laughs> yeah, he's going to come sit at the window, too, like, you see this shit? Yeah. And well, it and truly technically, is. she's not on the couch. She's not touching exactly, even an inch but he of the doesn't, couch. He, yeah. That's a nuance that he's not parsing no, right there. No. no. <laughs> like, you could hold me like a baby, too. Oh, yeah. So she's one of the few things that have really helped me. And I have to give her up on Sunday. And, oh, oh God. it's going to be so hard. And the boys love her too. Yeah. Like Bodie immediately was like, this is my dog. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's kind of more like a cat. And he always wanted one. I don't, know if, could, I don't one. know if I could part with her. She's so sweet. But, well, enjoy Tom, Ren. But I love you so much. Yeah, she's going to Tom with the stipulation that if he ever feels like he doesn't have the capacity to take care of her or he doesn't want to take care of her or whatever. I am fingers crossed that they are not compatible. And he's <laughs> like, I don't know. We just never clicked. And I'll be like, ha ha. <laughs> well, I find it hard to believe that she wouldn't be compatible with just about anybody. Yeah, she's like, very sweet. So far, haven't met anybody that isn't like, she's this so is perfect sweet. dog. And because she is of unknown origin, I 
don't know how I could get another one because I was no. like, I want this kind. What yeah. is this kind? Yeah. But this kind is not a thing. It's not a. It's Do like. Do you a, have any more Muppets? Because <laughs> that's what she is. She's a Muppet. She's not. She's a dog. kind of a Muppet snowball bird. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That's so. exactly what she is. Well, I, I she's really cheering me up, and and maybe I just need a dog. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'm not going to go stress eat. Maybe I'm going to go just get another dog. <laughs> <laughs> just keep adding pets till I feel human again. Yeah, it is. I definitely have the capacity to be hoardy with pets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do look at the shelter websites two to three times a day. Like just on just every day. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's it's more that it takes some coordination and um convincing for me like dave but to not get like a new dog a week and usually um i talk myself out of it and this one i was like well this is a dog for for tom so don't worry and he's like yeah go get it and then he was like, ooh. I was like, see, I have a really good dog you're, picture. You're very good Except for the last dogs. dog, Brillo, who was a problem. Yeah. But I feel like. Yeah, but in it's general. It's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully there will be a new pet for me too that's. As sweet as Ren. As sweet as Ren, but well, friends congratulations, for sure. Tom, I guess, but. Yeah. Dang. You never know. Man, Chip is so mad at me. He's out there just like. Oh my God. Okay. Well, this is a, a real development in our relationship. Uh, I didn't realize we were opening things up quite like this, but first you get Bev, who's this total sweetie, who's an angel that we love. Um, um, oh, look at Bev looking at the little dog. Yeah. Ren was not quite sure about her, which is fair. She's a lot of dog, isn't she? Oh, she's going out. Or she's gonna um, maybe just look and see. Yeah, we had to move inside because that little dog barking. I was like, "This is it. Like, <sighs> this is this is my last straw." I was trying to tell you a story out there, and I was like, "I can't concentrate. I can't think." Like, even before this, the I had such a long week leading. I know we say that every week, but I really had such a long week leading up to this, and I'm so exhausted. And uh, I. I just was sitting out there and I'm like, I, this is it. This is the thing that's going to finally push me over the edge is this <laughs> little rat dog. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my God. And so I'm glad we moved inside. Even though well, it's I had a been little... listening to it for an hour and I actually texted Emma because I was like, that dog usually barks. And then the people come out and they're like, come on, Bobo, come inside. So it's usually, you know, like 10 minutes max. And then I realized, I was like, oh, no, they're out of town. And so that dog is just going to be out there forever until poor somebody thing. gets home at five o'clock. And yeah, poor thing. I mean, well, it's just a poor, stupid idiot, yeah. which is what I had been concerned about with like a little dog. I don't want a yipper and I don't want that energy of the little, tiny, high strung animal. <laughs> And she is so not that. No, not at all. She's so sweet. But it, she's not like boring. No. She's really fun. Yeah, she so, beat she beat Bev up right away. And yeah, I was like, this she's dog, like, she's this got dog rules. Got a lot of spunk. And she has a cat collar on because she's so little. There Aww. wasn't a dog collar small enough. Aww. Had to get the cat collar with the quick release. <laughs> 
So anyway, um, I was at the dog park the other day and I ran into a friend of mine. Uh, I already told you this, but I'm gonna tell you again for the podcast because <laughs> I thought it was funny. And I was talking to her dog and and you know the what we've discussed many times the dog voice that you do for dogs. And she said to me, um, "Do you ever get embarrassed about your dog doing your dog voice in public?" And I was like, "Nope, I never do. <laughs> I never do. Uh, I've accepted that this is who I am, and this is how I talk to dogs, and also for dogs. Because I was talking to her dog, and then having her dog answer me in a voice that sure. I did for the dog. Yeah. And she was like, "Don't you feel embarrassed?" And I was like. I think you think I should feel embarrassed, <laughs> but I don't. This is how I talk to dogs. I've I, chosen the things that I'm going to be embarrassed about, and this is not one yeah. of them. I was like, I I don't know how you are talking to a dog in a normal voice. <laughs> That's a weird thing to do. You're just talking to a dog in a human voice. Also, how do you have a dog and not have a special voice for it? Like, yeah. does it respond to regular talking? You, how do you have a dog or a pet of any kind, a cat, any, yeah, any, any kind, that you aren't like... Like you don't have a hundred thousand nicknames for that that animal. You yeah. don't do a voice for it that it responds to you. Like, are you hungry? Oh, I haven't eaten yet. Yeah, like everybody has to have a voice for their pet. I'm way way more suspicious of somebody who does not have a pet voice or whose dog doesn't talk back to them in a specialty voice than I would be of somebody. Like, I think it's psychopathic to pretend like you use the same. Yeah language she's like i just don't do it out in public i was like well i, think, I was like well right. i think you should own it i think you should just i'm owning it to what and, end yeah i was like Who are you I, trying to impress i was like i'm trying to impress the dogs <laughs> yeah, here at the dog exactly. park and they love it when i do this voice uh every dog there that i'm like oh my god hello <laughs> they're all like oh she she's a dog person dogs yeah. know if you do the dog voice they're like we can trust this guy yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah that's how i build uh, camaraderie with animals um the last two times i've gone to the dog park i've had weird interactions uh the first one was this guy recognized me uh and came up and was like oh my god you're emma arnold and i was like yeah and he was like you do not look anything like your headshots which is always a really great way to i was like yeah i'm at the dog park like i'm i didn't beat if my- you didn't look anything like your headshots how did he recognize you? That, yeah, exactly. That too. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not wearing like a full face of makeup or in like heels and a dress. But I was like, yeah. Uh, also, I put on 20 pounds during COVID at least. So I was kind of like, yeah, I guess not. And um, and then he did. The- and also, you look so different from your arrest photo, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way different from your mugshot. And then he like went into this whole thing, which was funny because like, I feel like every time a man tells me this, I know that they'll never do comedy. But every time a woman does, I know she's going to start comedy. They, and it's always like, he was like, oh, man, I'm really funny. Like, I have a mind for comedy. Like, my mind is like a total mind for comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but I hate crowds. I'm like, well, that's really the whole gig. You know, he's like, but I could be a comic if I didn't hate crowds. Like, I could completely be a comic. How convenient. Yeah. But it's funny because like the crowds. day before I had met a girl who like very politely came up to me at the coffee shop and she knew who I was. And then she was like, I really want to get into comedy. And I was like, then you will. Because every time a woman or a queer person has come up and told me that they want to get into comedy, then the next time I see them is at an open mic or at a show that I'm like, oh, you did it. I knew you would. But a lot of times the dudes are just like, I I could if I wanted, obviously. I could if I wanted, but I have a massive fear of rejection. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, that is like 99% of the job, to be honest. So let me reject you right now so that we can just. And then he was kind of following me. And um, like, I was like walking, I always just kind of walk a loop at the dog park and he was like, 
following me and I looked over and his dog was humping Bev so aggressively. She had submerged herself in a mud puddle up till just her nose was showing trying to get away from his awful humpy dog. And I like three times tried to like be like, okay, have a nice day and like get Bev out of there and like rescue her. And he just kept like following me and trying to. And then of course he said the next thing that dudes who say they want to be comics always said to me, he's like, I'm pretty, pretty politically uncorrect. And I was like, oh, okay. You're politically uncorrect, huh? Cool. Well, uh, and I was like, oh, gross. And then I just turned around and like walked off and was trying to get Bev and his dog was still humping Bev. I'm like, she was like got me all muddy and stuff it was a really great interaction and then the second interaction i had with that guy or a second weird interaction i had was because my memory is so bad i was at the dog park and i was like oh i know that how do i know this guy i recognize him he looks so familiar and i was like looking at him and then i just was about to say hello and then i was like that's the guy who was rude to me uh, last week <laughs> like i i kind of recognize i almost said hello to him he was kind of looking at me like oh and i was like oh my god thank god i wouldn't go over and be like how do we know each other like i told you i wanted to do comedy and my dog humped your dog so hard she had to hide in a puddle the worst thing you could do would be acknowledge i know i I was like oh my stupid memory because i was just kind of like oh because a lot of times people will look familiar to me and i'll have no idea why god it was awful though i was just like oh and just like trying to impress me like he was telling me you know that he likes politically incorrect which i don't often correct people's grammar grammar but i'm like it's it's incorrect okay if you're gonna be this big of a douchebag you gotta say it right okay you gotta at least say incorrect uh but then he was also telling me like comedy he likes and comedians and i was like oh yeah those are all terrible people and that's terrible comedy and those people actually aren't um stand-up comedians they're podcasters but i can see how you'd get confused since um you're an idiot but uh anyway that that's my dog park story is I almost made friends with that guy yesterday. Just out of, like, Oh, we know each other and your dog looks kind of familiar too. And then her dog, his dog was trying to hump Bev again. So yeah, get up here. Thank you so much. Oh, chip has this ability. Um, maybe Ren has it too. I always would say that chip goes to the most stressed out person in the room. Like mm-hmm. when he was a lot younger, if there were like I had like a group of comedians over, over, he would go and find the most like anxious person there or the person going through something, and then he would sit on their lap and he would be like, "Hey, pet me. Hey, you need this. You need this. You need this. Yeah. And a lot of times I would tell them that I'd be like, "Oh, he always goes to the most stressed out person in the room," and they would like burst into tears and be like, "I'm actually having a really hard time." And I'm like, "He always knows. He always knows when somebody's going through the shit. He would always go sit with that person." Yeah, and now she's going over right now to Alex. Yeah. Maybe he's the most stressed out person in the room. Because you calmed down because you petted her. I, yeah, he might be. He had a very long week also. He came uh, with us to Montana. He set up all the show, like uh, to film all the shows. He filmed a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we filmed a whole lot of uh, other like narrative stuff too. Oh, this is too far. So yeah, Chip's like, you're both touching her? <laughs> Bev is livid. Wow, we sit outside in the heat. This literally, this is not a fun thing to say. This reminds me of my childhood because my at my father's house, my stepmom doted on my half brothers and she couldn't stand me and my brother. And so there are so many situations I can think of where we're like literally like looking inside while they get like a present or something. And we're like, what the hell's going on in there? One time, the last time I think... uh I was ever up there, uh, 
Oh no, I went up there one more time. They met Calvin once, but like as a young adult, um, we were going somewhere and they had let my brother, my two brothers ride in the front of the truck. And then my brother and I had to ride in the back of the truck. And then what we got to like this hot springs or whatever we're doing. And then I, and like, and then I was like, okay, well we get the front on the way back, my brother and I, and she was like, she was like, no, they have to have the front. They get car sick. And it was like 105 degrees. And my brother and I had no water and we'd be sitting in the back and I called her a cunt and uh she like lost her mind and i was like you've been horrible to us our entire lives you're an awful awful person and um Ooh. and yeah that was about the last time that i sat outside like chip's doing now he's gonna <laughs> i'm gonna walk outside he's gonna be like you're a cunt and i'm like fair enough fair enough so this reminds me of on father's day or it was actually the day before father's day and um i said to Bodie. Stand up straight. Put your shoulders back. Suck in your gut. Stand up straight. You're because he, you know, he's like five eleven, and he's always hunching over, and he's always hunching around or shuffling around. And I realized like that that was exactly the words that my dad used. Oh no, to <laughs> it's happening all the time. <laughs> and so for Father's Day, I wrote a poem called things my my father said to me that I now say to my son <laughs> and it's three pages of just like all the things that my dad would say that I swear now I'm like oh my god yeah I, I say that to mm -hmm. Bodhi now I say that to mm -hmm. Bodhi now but when you put it all like that I hope I haven't given it to him yet but I hope he's gonna appreciate the it's like I knew a guy who went to Turkish prison <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You think this is bad. Yeah. I knew a guy who went to Turkish prison. Yeah. You know, it was always he knew somebody where this terrible thing had happened to him. Oh, because Bodie, we had left for to run out for a short errand and Bodie was supposed to mow the lawn um, while we were gone. And we came back and of course the lawn wasn't mowed. Um, but Bodhi was in the backyard and he had mowed like half of the backyard, but he was wearing flip flops. And I was like, how many times have I told this kid, don't mow the lawn in your flip-flops because you'll, yeah, Alex. Cut, you'll cut your foot off. You'll cut your foot off. <laughs> and I just remember my dad saying like, like there was nothing worse to my dad than being barefoot in the wrong situation. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. you're going to step on a rusty nail. Yeah. You're going to, you know, cut your toe off. Um, you're going to get frostbite. You're going to like all these things. It was always like barefoot was the worst possible thing that you could be at any given time. Oh, you're yeah. going to step on a bee. Yeah. And you're going to get stung, you know, like. So I just was like so mad at Bodhi for mowing lawn in its flip flops. So that was another thing that I was like, oh, that is straight from my dad. Oh, yeah. Straight from my dad. He always knew a guy that got his. I know a guy toe. who got his toes cut off yeah. with a lawnmower. And yeah. you're like, yeah, maybe for that, the safety. <laughs> But I do the same thing because I would never mow the lawn in flip-flops. No. And then I'm yelling at Alex who mows the lawn in flip-flops. And I'm like, you can't do that. It's dangerous. And he's like, I don't think it is. And I'm like, well, actually, maybe it's not anymore because they have the release thing. They My dad have... knew a guy who died in a motorcycle accident. My dad knew a guy who died in a four-wheeling accident. My dad knew a guy who died in a snowmobiling accident. My dad knew oh, a guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My mom, uh, I have not been on a snowmobile since uh, my mom told me this story and my say my 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 stepdad is a very like he's not scared of anything. He never was worried about any of us doing anything. But my mom was always super worried. And my mom 
we were supposed to go snowmobiling with some friends in elementary school and she was like well i knew a guy who don't go at night because i knew a guy who went at night and he went under a tree that had been tied off like you know to hold it up and it cut his and his kids head off yeah never been on a snowmobile since because yep. i was like oh my god oh my god <laughs> like she also knew always knew a guy yeah that had died horribly. i think there's a i knew a guy parent because everything that i learned that, yeah. from my dad was always he had an example of somebody that this happened to yeah. and i think it must be like you think that somehow it's going to have more of an impact right yeah. because well for one thing so Bodhi got in huge trouble for you know we uh, we knew it was a bad idea to get him a truck his mom got him a truck and then he just like lost his mind the first day that he went to work didn't come home sort of figured that he was like freedom yeah sort of figured that his mom would think he was at our house mm -hmm. and we would think he was at his mom's anyway didn't come home until like went to her house like 1 30 in the morning on a monday night and all of us all four of his parents were just like what the fuck dude and uh he got in big trouble we canceled our trip to vegas which was entirely for him um but then of course there was two kids killed on the connector 16 yep. year old boys they did not get in a car accident with anybody else they got in a car accident because they were reckless driving they go to the school right down the hill like i was like see this is the example yeah that you have to give like a real life example for it to have any impact whatsoever i it, when i was a kid i would have woken up and had that clipping from the statesman yeah. on my bed and it would have been like two killed and my mom would have been like did you read the article i clipped on your bed <laughs> two killed on the connector last night at your exact age yeah and i did the same thing i was like you guys did you see two two 16 year olds killed on the connector last night yeah yeah i do this even though i think some of being the parent that does that is realizing that your parent didn't really know that guy <laughs> right because well, i'm always i'm doing exactly. the same thing now like you know i knew a guy who choked on an olive and nobody was there and it's like you didn't ever know a guy you're realizing what about the guy lies. who burned his house down with a candle what yeah, about the guy who burned guy. his yeah. you know who burned his house down smoking a cigarette in bed yeah poof yep whole house went up did he really know it no or guy, did maybe yeah you're starting to be like i don't and, and now we're just perpetuating this constant fear when there's probably alex is fine mowing the lawn and flip-flops he's probably right I'm like, I knew a guy who lost a foot. I don't. I don't know anybody. Well, you know what? He'll just continue to do it. And then he's going to lose three of his toes. And then I'll be able to point him as the example to Bodie. See? Yeah. This is what happens. Yep. You know? I last night. So Henry asked for his birthday. He asked for a forge and an anvil and some blacksmithing tools because he wants to start making swords and knives. So we uh, found him that stuff very cheap. Like, you know, he made, helped my, my stepdad helped him make the forge and he found an, an anvil for cheap. And so he has all this stuff. And last night he's going to do it. And so my dad and, and Alex and Henry are out there and I come out and uh, m these guys are just like, yeah, like he'll figure it out basically. Is there like, I'm like, put your gloves on. Why aren't you wearing your gloves? He's like, grandpa says, uh, good scars make good stories for grandpas and i'm like put your fucking gloves on <laughs> and he's like okay <laughs> and like they weren't they were just kind of like he'll figure it out when my you know they're like once he burns his hands so i guess that's a different kind of dad you know there's the i knew a guy dad or the did you my so my biological father was a did you learn anything dad and so like he would let you burn your hand on something and then you'd turn around and be like oh my god and he'd be like did you learn anything uh so there's those are the two types of dad 
And they were just going to let him. I was like, put your gloves on and put your safety goggles on. And they're like, that's how you figure it out. I was like, no, how you figure it out is not uh, going to the hospital with third degree burns because it's the first time you've ever worked a forge. It's by wearing. So there's that weird intersection because when Bodhi did get the truck and then it was apparently like, oh, he has free reign. And we, you know, set set guidelines with him about it. But it, it was like, I guess they weren't explicit enough. Um, because you, it was you like, didn't say don't meet a guy at the auto zone and then become his best friend and then hang out with him. Right. So that was the part <laughs> of the story that happened like, you know, a couple of uh, days before he disappeared was that he left his job, his first day on the job Hi, and apparently his battery died. And so rather than calling his parents, no, why would you? He like met some stranger and got this battery. So then we were like, well, he's going to figure this out. He's going to figure this out. But then he like very clearly didn't figure it out and just decided what he'd learned from it all was just like, just keep going, just like drive straight into the lying, you know, like, and then, you know, we knew what had happened, but then he was still like trying to explain to Dave, uh, like he was trying to compound the lies, oh, but yeah. he wasn't like do, smart yeah. enough. Like he wasn't clever to think of what would actually have been feasible or they likely. They don't realize that lying is actually like a very complicated art. Yeah. And that, and it's my, my teenagers, when they have <laughs> lied to me, I have been like, oh my, like in my head as they're doing it, I'm like, oh my God, you think I'm so dumb. <laughs> like you just think that you're gonna, you're gonna tell me this whole thing and I'm gonna be like, well, sounds legit. Yeah, sounds that sounds like something that would happen to me. I get Definitely it. Definitely possible. Yeah. That or that. I feel like you press him with questions, they get all flustered and like, hang on a minute, hang on, <laughs> hang on, everybody just hang on a minute. You're like, nobody's rushing you. Go ahead, take your time. I'm actually really interested to see what you come Bo- up with. But Bo- he got to the point where Dave hung up with him because we were doing all of this parenting over the phone and trying to piece it together with uh, his mom. Um, but he was just like talking gibberish yes like a couple of times dave had to just say like okay so what you just told me was this and then right after that you told me it was this and he was he was so flustered yeah by the the web and so confused by the lies he'd already told i mean it was just such a farce oh my god i love it honestly (sighs) i love i mean because it's your kid doing it so i think it's funny whereas you know my kids have definitely done that and and oh, it was not funny. They, I, I mean, I, I, I was, we were both just yeah. so fucking mad because it was like, the thing is, they're so immature. And I think the like the most, the most frightening combination of characteristics is um, being extremely confident and being very naive. Yeah. Yeah. And so he does. He Plus d- testosterone. Like throw like just a sprinkle of testosterone in there. Yeah, that's really wrapped up with this confidence thing. It's like they really do think like, I know what's going on. I know how it works. I know what I'm doing. My parents are dumb. And so they have like all this, you know, activity that they're going to engage in. And then, but they're just not smart enough. They, They haven't had enough real life experience. It's not like everybody's like, well, Bodhi's a good driver. I'm like, Bodhi's a good driver. Bodhi has no experience driving. Yeah. You can't just like have experience driving. You have to and it like, really, go I feel through like, the motions for years of learning how to be a good driver. And it really wasn't until I was like, honestly, like 40 that I was like, 
oh my gosh so like all this life experience Mm -hmm. does add up to like i mean hopefully in theory like this wisdom of like knowing when something is a bad idea and like i remember my parents when i was young you know when i was like i'm gonna go to california with this boy and they're like that's gonna be a decision filled with heartbreak and being like you guys just don't know anything and you're just not, you're like but right. like when you've made as many mistakes as mm-hmm. i have i have a pretty good i've made gauge. all the mistakes yeah I'm like, i can I definitely can tell, you, tell you it's a bad idea yeah i can tell you that this cool 19 year old that you're hanging out with right now mm-hmm. who's three years older than you that that person is actually uh, a mess like but your kid is like this is so cool an older kid you know yeah it's it's tough because they just think you're they think you're so ignorant and uh it's it's very funny how dumb my kids think i am all the time constantly yeah yeah Yeah. it's very and it's actually they're real dumb yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so anyway well ask me ask me what i how my shows went even though i texted you I texted you from one of them and you gave me the advice you so often give me, which is, what the fuck are you doing here? You're not 21 anymore. Why are you doing this? And I'm like, why don't you just come home now? Yeah, that's literally, you're like, you can just come, you come home now. You come home. And I was like, I think I will. Um, so the Boise show was fantastic. Uh, it was so, so, I was so bummed because yes. we bought tickets and we're gonna come and then on so the show was on friday on wednesday no it was i think it was actually thursday um our neighbor who also works with dave texted both of us and said i have covid so she works in the same office like near him and so we were like oh shit and then Friday morning, he got the office email that had like 15 people out. Oh, geez. <laughs> and we were just like, oh, yeah. So she was just in there. I mean, maybe she didn't give them all COVID, but certainly COVID was like present and yeah. active and circulating. And we didn't know if Dave had it. And of course, immediately... You know, she'd been telling everybody she had allergies, which is we all have terrible allergies, so it's impossible to know. Yeah. And um, but of course, she didn't have allergies. So we've been having bad allergies and we're like, we probably have COVID, though. Like, how do we not have COVID if she had COVID and 15 other people have COVID? So we just really felt like it was going to be inside. There was going to be a crowd of people like that's a dick move. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it because I feel like so many other people right now are just like, I have a summer cold. Don't worry about it. And you're like, oh, my God, you have COVID. You clearly have COVID. Uh, So it was very thoughtful of you not to come. It was supposed to be outside. And then there was a wind advisory. So we had to move it inside that day. Yeah, you Um, said you texted and you're like, it's we're hoping to do it outside. And I was just like, I don't know. It just feels like. The, the perfect storm. Yeah, we're going to go and then it's going to be like, I have to tell you. And then I have to tell uh, all the people there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't really want to be that guy. I appreciate it. So. Um, well, that show was great. And I realized like, you know, pretty much Boise is such a small market. Um, I was like, everybody who is, everybody has seen this hour I've been doing pretty much. I'm, I was like, I just feel like everybody's seen it. So that like right before uh, I w- sat down and I went inside and I wrote 
11 new jokes. Wow. And then I came out and I told Jeff and Alex, I was like, okay, I wrote 11 new jokes. And Jeff was like, what? Right then? Right, right. Fi- like in 15 <laughs> minutes. And I was like, yep. And Alex was like, that's how she operates. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much how I write jokes is I'll be like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like the day of and then sit down and write a bunch of jokes. Um, and then I did a whole half hour of new comedy, which was so fun and it was so good. And I had been really uh, worried about it because I was not feeling very funny, but I did a brand new half hour and it was it was very good. And I actually really like the jokes in that a lot. And they're they're a lot of fun. So so that was great. It was sold out. Um, it was it was just a really super super fun show. I hope two people got to sit down in our seats uh, who had just standing room only. Yeah, actually, it worked out because we did have quite a few people show up for standing room, so we were able like, to it'll shuffle be people. Full. Nobody's gonna, you know, yeah. nobody's gonna have an empty chair. It was it was kind of perfect, and um, we did have some people sitting because we leave the back, you know, the garage door open in the back, and so um, there were people sitting out on the patio too. So it was it was pretty packed but um we still had a good circulation in there so that was good um and it was really fun and um everybody who came was really lovely it was a really fun show and then the next day we packed up and we went up to bozeman and that show was really good um i love that club up there last best comedy is so fun and so good and there the people putting it together are like their heart is really in it which is so rare with comedy clubs like these people their heart is so in it and they want you to feel good and they put you up in a nice hotel and they just treat you so kind and I love it. And the, that show was really, really fun. And um, and then the next night, uh, and I, I'm going to preface this by saying um, the people who put, so we we were having a little trouble booking. I didn't, Jeff wanted to do a little tour where he was going to come just for a visit. And then he was like, well, we could do some shows. And then he was like, I really want to do Montana because he had Montana and Maine are the only places he in the lower 48 he hasn't done comedy so he really wanted to do montana and maine and i was like you want to do montana and i had just been to bozeman so i was like well we can do bozeman um and he wanted to do a few dates there because he's like i just really want to do montana so i was like all right so i scram it was kind of right before so i was kind of scrambling around to book stuff um and i was able the people in bozeman were like well there's this gig in missoula um it's at like this funky little like art a bohemian art house and um, the people who put it on are comics there. They're really well established. They're very funny. And it's a great show. Everybody who's done it says it's really good and it, it pays decent. And I was like, oh, perfect. So I connected with the people who put it on and um, they're very nice. So, uh, and I, again, I, uh, I said all of this already to these people at the show. I'm not just like talking shit. And also everybody was really lovely and like they worked very hard to put on a good show and everybody, you know, like I appreciate that they did do all this stuff for us, but we showed up and it was like a bohemian art house was just like what they meant was like a dirty little punk house is what it was. It was a dump. It was, yeah. And and it was like, uh, we like went and they were like, oh, sorry, Um, we don't usually do comedy shows. We usually do punk shows and like we only have like a handful of people in the audience um and i was kind of like oh i was told you do these comedy shows all the time like no we do like these big punk shows but we don't ever do comedy and then the like really well-established comics there who were very sweet and very earnest had only been doing comedy for like six months and i was like oh so you don't know actually how to like you know to advertise like you know they're very very fresh and stuff so so we were kind of like uh standing there and jeff like he was like let's cancel let's cancel and um and then i went over to 
the girl running it. And I was like, I think we're just going to call it. I think, you know, there's not a ton of people here. And she was like, oh, well, we were like really looking forward to practicing, which I was like, yeah, they're in Missoula and they don't get a lot of chance to like actually do comedy. There's not very many places. And I totally empathize with that coming up in Idaho. So I went back and I was like, let's just fucking do the show. And like, I was even like, let's that they can do their five to 10 minutes. We'll just do 10 minutes each. Like, let's let them have their show. They set everything up. The sound is set up. The chairs are set up. You know, like everything is there. A handful of people did show up, you know. So I was like, let's just do the show. So uh, I never get high before shows. I never. I mean, I don't smoke a ton of pot anyway, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to get high before this show because this is it was so ridiculous to me. And Jeff was more like pissed beforehand. I was kind of more just like, well, you know, it's booking indie booking your own shit especially after COVID can even before COVID it was always hit or miss like if you're in a town you haven't been you're trusting the person to be like it's a great room you're going to make a bunch of money um and so you never know but this was definitely a miss but so I got up when it was the three openers opened and it was funny and obviously some of this was the pot but um before uh this weekend before we went out on tour because I had been pretty stressed out about it I was like you know what I just really want to be like this has to be one of those times where you're like really open to whatever the universe is telling you, like whatever lessons are there for me, I want to be really open to it. So we went into the show and I was watching these three very young, brand new six month old baby comedians. And I was really just like, uh, it was so earnest. It It reminded me that like comedy is such an earnest when you start is such an earnest art form like it's so vulnerable in the beginning and it's so scary and it's it's got like all these very endearing qualities to to it that later as you get better you know you're funnier but like you lose a lot of that sweetness you know and that like and you know they they had you know a couple they all got laughs but like they had some rough spots in each of their sets where you're watching someone really just have a difficult time and flounder and even that I was I found very endearing because it's like this is so difficult you know you forget as you get better in it and you kind of can like you you get a set that works for you and you kind of shove into that gear and like if a crowd's not liking you you can kind of just go into like tried and true stuff but before you have that muscle it is really hard up there so I was just watching them and then when I got up I kind of I started my whole thing out with like more of a um, speech, honestly, just sort of saying like that I I made fun of the house a whole bunch. And I, I was like, I've been thinking about quitting comedy and I definitely am now. <laughs> that was how I opened. I was like, I'm not, I was like, thank you for putting on the show. Thank you for setting everything up. You know, thank you to the sound person. Thank you to the door guy. Like, thank you guys all so much. And also this is it for me for <laughs> sure. Like I am definitely done. This is my now. low point. This is it. And I am done. And, um, and it, it was really, it was such a disaster I mean, it literally, I think there were five people in the audience plus, you know, a handful of comedians in the back. And um, it was such a disaster that I, because it was such a disaster, I was able to sort of like actually just be really present in it and laugh about stuff and not be stressed out or not be mad or even worried about the money or anything. I was just kind of like, oh my God, this is, this is like as low as you can go in comedy. And also because like I started in rooms like that, you know, like booking tours around the country in these like garbage places. And 
Um, and they were so, they were so sweet and so nice. And so anyway, I did, I did jokes and stuff. And, and afterward they were very gracious and very nice. And when we were leaving, they were like, handed me a wad of cash and they were like, it was supposed to pay. Like they had told me the other guy who had set it up had told me, Oh, it has a guarantee. It pays really well. Um, do you want a beer, babe? Um, and, uh, they hand me this just like wad of cat, yeah, wet cash, sweaty cash. And they were like, sorry, it's not more. And then, um, it was very funny because later we were like a little high at the hotel and we were like, we should get some snacks. And when we were paying, I was paying with that cash, <laughs> just like, oh, my $62, you know? Um, but it was very, it, it's weird because I had more fun at that gig than anything bigger I've done in uh, the last couple years, honestly. I mean, even though I had a great time at the Push and Pour show and Bozeman was a lot of fun, but that show specifically, uh, I really, I was really just like, oh, I don't hate, I, cause I really have hated comedy. Like when I went to Denver, those were great shows. Everybody was great. I hated it. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. And um, it made me realize like, yeah, man, it's probably trite to say, but it's like capitalism eats create creativity, you know, and eats spontaneity and eats you being able to be present in the moment and everything about that gig. The reason it was fun was because because it because it was a disaster. I actually was just like, oh, I can do whatever I want. I don't have to be I don't have to be worried about, oh, I have to get rebooked at this club, you know, because I have to pay my rent. Like I sure was, hope I look like my headshots right now. Yeah, I hope exactly. <laughs> I was like, I I can just kind of do whatever the fuck I want up here. And um, when you start making Ren, a living, she's like going after Cirque. Miss, we just got done saying what a sweet girl you were. Yeah, she's like being really like this is her podcast and get away, Cirque. Yeah, Cirque, this is Sorry, she's, she's a diva. She's a little diva. But it was just it was just interesting. And um, so my question is because you had texted me something like that, just like oh, I just actually fell in love with doing comedy. So my question is like, well, what do you do with that? Like, how can you have that yeah. feeling and that experience without having to go to like garbage houses without having to and, go to gar- like without be- having to get hep C yeah. in a, a bathroom that I <laughs> at one point I had been like where's the bathroom because I walked into the room that somebody had said that was the bathroom and all that was in there was a washer and dryer and then I came back out and was like <laughs> I was after myself like where is the bathroom though and they were like oh no you found it before it's the toilets in between the washer and dryer and I was like perfect thank you uh, and I'm not like a diva about that stuff but like it was very dirty in there and uh it was just kind of like, oh, man, this is uh, very rough. Um, I don't know what I do with it because, you know, it's it, comedy is a funny thing because a lot of what comedians are doing at any given time is for other comedians, right. you know? So, like, people are posting a big, long list of tour dates and it's like, it, that's for other comedians to be like, wow, they're touring so much, you know? And... Um, and there's always a lot of poo-pooing people who have like day jobs and just kind of do comedy uh, for fun or for, you know, for a hobby or even just for the creative outlet or whatever. It's like, you know, and I haven't had a day job uh, in a very long time. I don't know, a decade, I guess. Um, and I've been full-time comedy for about 10 years. And um, I've been thinking a lot lately about like just getting a job and then letting comedy be do something that I do because I am. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, my. No, 
welcome. Maybe not. Can't get away from Maybe. the dog barking. Yeah, I guess not. But I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I do with it. Oh, I thought that was Dave coming in. Um, other than it just sort of felt good to know. You know, it just felt like good information. Um, that's it for me. I kind of fell in love with comedy a little bit, but also I was like. Yeah, but it also is terrible. <laughs> it also, I was like, this is just your natural ability to Pollyanna any terrible situation and make to turn it into something fun. Uh, so, well, I had some really interesting news that I'm, uh, I'm hesitating to be really excited about, but also I'm just kind of excited about what it represents, which is, um, I've sent my book to three agents. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to murder somebody. I swear to God, I'm going to murder somebody today. Me too. Stop it. Ren, we just got done saying how cute you are. <sighs> Dave, put her in the fronty pack. So, um, but I haven't, I, so I sent my, uh, it's different with every agent, but when you query an agent, they have specific guidelines and you send them a synopsis and you send them sample pages and, you know, introduce yourself. And so I sent out only three um, and I kind of did it because my horoscope said like in early May, like the seeds that you plant before May 10th are going to be things that you reap later this year. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to send it in, not feeling super confident about it. You know, I've talked about it. And um, just because I want to plant that seed in it, it doesn't mean that any one of these people is going to take it, but maybe because that, you know, yeah. Was all in the universe. So anyway, um, this morning I heard from one of the agents. Oh my gosh. And she said, I really liked your sample pages. And can you send me the whole manuscript? That is amazing. So I Congrats. felt like I hear so many stories of people saying like, I had to send it out 56 times before anybody got back to me. And so even if this person doesn't take it, yeah, it no. was good enough for one person to yeah. say, That's I'd like huge. to see more. That's really huge. That's yeah. really amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. So, I'm super proud of you. Now I'm like terrified um, because I'm like, oh, I have to send this to her now. And I, I don't think that I've even like compiled the whole thing. It's, you know, in the Scrivener document yeah, thing. So yeah. I have to like go through it and make sure that all the formatting is correct and you know i mean i immediately wanted to respond and be like oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i'm like just be cool about it and just be happy because i actually saw her name in the you know in my email and i was like oh yeah that's also what's going to happen today is that i'm going to get my first rejection but and no but no but it was no. actually that's amazing not a rejection well congratulations yeah so i that's i think so that's cool. and what i f also feel about it is i sh i had sent her 25 pages because that's what she requested and they always want you to send like the first 25 pages which i don't necessarily think is the best part of the book it's a mm. lot of like setup so I was like, well, she liked that part. The yeah. next part's actually better. Yeah. So maybe she will like it. Yes. Well, but okay. Everybody put crossed. good energy so out there. It was a You're gonna sell that fucking book. <sighs> yeah, and then maybe I'll just take care of all of us. You Great. know? Awesome. Just still start a small dog farm. Oh my god. <laughs>
okay i didn't realize that was on the table and now that i'm realizing we're not farming dogs but no we're... no no i mean we have a farm oh and then it's we, little dogs but also donkeys oh yes we rescue definitely donkeys and burrows because i really want a burrow and maybe a mini donk have you seen the mini donks yeah that's what i want to rescue all those yeah and maybe a couple pigs oh for sure pigs Pigs are a lot of fun. those polka dotted pigs pigs that are kind of hairy they got the scrawn yeah i'm into it that's all i really want so anyway it was the only uh the only thing before we were done i just want to say it was very funny uh jeff and i are clearly on such different pages because we were driving around montana and we went from i don't know if you've done this drive from missoula mm-hmm. or bozeman to missoula it's so fucking gorgeous yeah. and the whole time i was like this is where i want to live yeah i just want to live in the woods i just want to have a little farm somewhere and i just want to have pigs and jeff was so like Ugh, yuck <laughs> like we stopped at this beautiful um forestry station and like got out and we were just like oh my god like massive cedars everywhere and i was like and it, it's really rainforesty up there and i was just like i just want to live here this is it i was just like i just want a tiny little cabin where i write my books and like and we're talking about moving actually to british columbia and alex near Van- mm. up north of vancouver because alex can get a tv editing job there and i can just like you know write my books and like i was just oh, like oh I my god this is heaven this is what i want i just want to live in the country and jeff was like there's bugs <laughs> and i was like we are in very different places with life and and everything else right now so it was very very funny but um yeah donkey farm is where it's at for me i think you're gonna sell that book i'm gonna i'm gonna give really earnest speeches about comedy maybe i'm the next Brene brown because mm. i gave a whole speech on vulnerability and those kids ate that they loved it they were like that's that's where it's at so maybe i'm the next Brene brown thought leader you're the next thought leader i'm a thought leader that's mm-hmm. what i am now <laughs> <laughs> she's thinking about it she's thinking about it t-h-o-t baby <laughs> a thought leader um well yeah. congratulations that's really amazing thanks and you know what i feel like i'm so glad to hear a little good news uh, at the end of this podcast today and i'm gonna take that with me instead of the roe v wade stuff i'm gonna take that jocelyn maybe sold a fucking and she's gonna sell that well, book even if i didn't that's yeah. the thing like even if i didn't that's good news because it's what huge. i was so worried about was that i was gonna send it out and that you know 50 people were going to tell me this is not good or yeah. just not even respond or not even respond which is the usual when people are trying to find an agent right. they just you'd never hear from anybody yeah you send and out so like i was like at least somebody said this is good enough to read more whether she takes it in the end yeah. i do know that one person thought who's in the business of it thought yeah i'd actually like to read more yeah that's so great so, that's huge that means that somebody else could. Yeah. It's not just one person. Oh it's my not gosh. just me. I can't wait till um you're like bigger than Tony Dore and everybody's <laughs> kissing your ass and all the fucking uh literally literary yahoos around here are like, have you Jocelyn Robinson? I saw Jocelyn Robinson the other day. I know Jocelyn Robinson. Everybody's name dropping you. That'll be great. You deserve to have that. Oh yeah. Well, I love Tony Dore. So, yeah he's great um but all the people are constantly named i can think Tony of a couple Dorr. of other names where i'd like i'd love to be bigger than them i w- i would never presume to be i mean tony door is or er, has er, earned his reputation yeah. as a phenomenal yeah. writer yeah tony's great. And, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna act like we're on a first name <laughs> tony's great tony's great well tony I he am actually, on a first name basis with great. him and the reason i say that is because the last time i ran into him he was like hi jocelyn <laughs> and i was See? like oh 
you know my name. You know my name. Yeah. So that was really nice. Well, he's going to read your book and he's going to be like, oh my God, I loved it. Even if he didn't, maybe this one lady is the only one that's going to read my book, but at least it went beyond the boundaries. You know, yeah. it's like I could have sent it to my mom and she would have been like, this is great. Although I don't know that that's no, true. No, she wouldn't. Oh, wait, no. I had it this week in moms. Hold on. Oh, gosh. I hope I can think of it. Um. It. Oh, man. I was even like, I got to write this down. I had a, such a good one. My mom was being super kooky. <laughs> she said something so funny yesterday. I had it this Hold week on, in moms too, a, but I can't remember. Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Oh, okay. So my mom, you know, she's really progressive and she is very, very sweet and she's perfectly happy to use people's pronouns correctly. And she's like, she has no issue with trans people or non-binary people. She's always very happy to like, to get everything right. But yesterday she was like, I have a question for you and I'm just super confused. So people who use they, them, why don't they use they, them all the time? And I was like, oh, I mean, they do. They use they, them, like they don't, they wouldn't like switch in between he. I mean, some people do say, oh, my he, he, they they," or whatever. But I was like, I was like, you know, for the most part, if people are like my pronouns are they, them, they use it all the time. She's like, no, no, no. Like, why don't they use we? And I was like, what? And she was like, she was thinking of it as a plural. Well, no. So we finally, after much going around and trying to figure out deciphering what she was talking about, my mom thought that they, thems, uh, were like third personing themselves. Right. So that if I was a they, them, and I was like, um, I want to drink a water, that I would say, they want a drink of water. <laughs> like, she was like, why don't they use we or I? And we were like, finally, we were like, you mean like when they're talking about themselves? And we we're like, she's like, yeah, why Why would they, they always use they even? But that's so confusing. I'm like, they use we and I. <laughs> what are you talking about? And my mom was so baffled. <laughs> no, no, they say, no, no, it's correct that they would say they want to drink a water but they mean themselves i was like nobody's doing that you've gone way too Except deep now i'm doing yeah that. no i was like i don't i think you've created a we new want gender. to drink of water yeah we want i know she was like they they always have to talk about themselves in the plural i was like nope no not how it's that's working so she was relieved to hear that they thems are are not talking about themselves in the third person she was very relieved but i just thought that was very cute she's i was like and she's per- she's so happy to get it she wants to get it right. But yeah, she was so no, it's like, awesome. She's like, is it offensive to ask why they talk about themselves in the third person? I was like, no, <laughs> only only dictators do that, I think. And and the queen. So, yeah. And me now. That's yeah. Me and now. you. Yeah. <laughs> we want to drink of water. Yeah. So we should probably end this podcast, meaning. Yes. Me. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> And that uh, uh, did a donate to Northwest Abortion Access if uh, you're able to. Uh, otherwise, they have a lot of other actionable things you can do um, if you can't afford to donate right now. That's totally understandable. But there's also a lot of other cool stuff that you can help do. You and can- if you don't know, we can't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> because we're all, we sh- you should all be in the pipeline of this information. Yeah. Yeah. Just like we are. So um, God help us all. And uh, check my website. I'm gonna finish up the summer i'm gonna do some dates and then i'm done i'm not gonna tour not even because i'm quitting comedy just because i really cannot get COVID a fourth time so but soon- also who can afford to travel right now yeah, holy crap We're just, we keep being like let's take a weekend somewhere we've earned a weekend and then i like look at flights and i'm like 
no how about we stay here yeah i canceled a bunch of dates and um like i've had a couple people asking me to come to places and i i'm like yeah that sounds great and then i look and i'm like i wouldn't even break even right now so i think i'm probably i'm gonna finish out these dates this summer um just because i said i would already already do them but um i'm not gonna book up the fall or winter right now i'm just gonna see what covid does um I just I don't I just don't want to get it a fourth time. They're saying now that like every time you get it, uh, you know, you're kind of more and more likely to get long COVID. And I feel like I've been pretty sick a few different times. And yeah. I don't need it. I don't need to get super duper sick. I got a revolution to participate in. Yeah. So I got to be fighting fit. Um, right. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. And um, congrats on your book. Thank and you. uh, take care of yourselves out there today. <sighs> Take Good care of yourselves. You. Good, luck Good luck to, to you us. and democracy. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.